What's, Hello! What's kicking, homies? Welcome back to I Minored in Art History. Welcome back! It's me, your pal, Jocelyn. It's me, not your friend at all, Nisa. <laughs> I minored in art history. I didn't do that. The cats are running around, having a great old time here. Yep, featuring Nutella and Raisin. We're at the spot, a.k.a. Nisa's. The Graeber Bungalow. Is that what it's called? Yeah, actually, that is what it's called. That's oh. what Simply Safe knows me as. Oh, wow. We got we got some, what are these? High noons? High noons. High noons. Yep, we got some food on the way. We're chilling, guys. We're freaking chilling. LaToya has got the food. Ooh, sick. Incoming. Hell yeah, LaToya. Bring it on, baby. Let's go, baby. Tell me your tea, though. Oh, my tea? Yeah. Um, and fuck all the people who say that we shouldn't put this at the front. <laughs> fuck you. Anyway. Um, so my tea is, well, I have a couple teas, but my first tea, my big tea, my good tea. Uh-huh. Uh, Mike and I signed a lease on a house. <gasps> oh my gosh. Yeah. Congrats. Are you excited? Yes. So actually we already started moving. We already got Mike moved in. <laughs> we did it the day after Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, my shit is still at the apartment, but I will be, excuse me, slowly moving it over. Mm-hmm. So by like, I'm hoping mid-January, and the bulk of it over there. When does your lease end with Bunny? Uh, the end of January. Okay, wow. So yeah, yeah, good timeline for that. Yeah, coming right on up. Yeah, and she's moving back with your parents, right? She's moving back with her, to her dad's. Actually, she's never lived with her dad. I don't or think. she's, but she's moving into her dad's. Okay, so it'll be like her, her dad, and her sister. Okay, and she's thinking about getting a dog. Oh, that's nice. So good little be, companionship. Yeah, a little exercise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she was showing me this dog the other day named Moo, and it was a, <laughs> it was a white dog with black spots. That's so cute. It was like some mutt. I don't know. Hungry. It's just some mutt. This is like a mix. I don't know. But his name was Moo, and it was really cute. Was that like, is so cute. Mm, puppy. I love that. Yeah. So Love that for her. Yeah. So anyways, um, and my other tea is that I got stuck in the elevator at work today. <laughs> like, for real? Like, oh, my God, that's a fucking nightmare. Yeah. Like, legit, that's one of my nightmares. Yeah. So I managed to not have a panic attack. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. As I feel like I would in that scenario. I um, was very close. I was like, okay it's okay. It's fine. You're not going to die in here. (laughs) Yeah. My first thought was like, I got to call my mom in case I die. And then I was like, no, we're not going to die. It's just an elevator. It's fine. I love how routine that was. You're like, (laughs) she's got to like plan to get the coffin and like get everything arranged. No, there's no coffin. I'm getting cremated or donated to science, whatever. Thank. Okay. Yes. I just had this conversation and like, I want to go up in flames. Like it's the only way to really do it. Destroy me. (laughs) Destroy my earthly presence. Thank you. Get fucking rid of it. Anyway. I'm done being on this planet. Yeah. Anyway. So I, <laughs> I called one of the librarians because I fortunately, this dress that I have on has pockets. Some of the dresses I have do not have pockets. Pocket dresses are where it's at. Yeah. You have to have it for safety. Yeah. So fortunately, I have my phone on me in my pocket. Thank goodness. And I called the librarian. I was like, hey. And she's like, what's up? And I was like, I'm stuck in the elevator. <laughs> How long like, were you stuck oh, for? Shit. Um, like five minutes, maybe. Oh, okay. Not that long, but it was still like, I'm, I'm in scary. the elevator. It's not doing the things it's supposed to do. It's going to drop to the ground. I'm going to die. Well, I mean, it's only like one story, so I wouldn't die, but. Be in a lot of pain. I, I would, yeah. <laughs> Well, also because I had a a cart with me, and like the cart has wheels and books on it, and you know if that falls on me, then I'll probably be in even more pain than yeah. just falling down a story. Extra hurt because I was coming from the second floor. Mm. Um. Anyway, so I was like trying to push the different buttons. She comes down. She's like trying to figure like can she open it from her side? No. Um. So I finally like I. I was hitting the, like, the open door button, and it would go, like, a bing, like it was opening, but it wasn't actually opening, and I was like, so I was like, okay, what if I hold it? Because it's kind of, it's acting like it wants to do it, so I held it down, and it came over, and I was like, oh, 
thank God. So I like shove the card over there so it doesn't close the whole way, you know. And Kathleen comes down and she's like, are you okay? Like, oh my God. I'm like, I'm not dead. I didn't have a panic attack. So yeah, we're looking good. <laughs> we're doing all right. All things considered. Yeah. So I just like held down the open door button and then skedaddled out real quick. Did they fix it? Uh, not, no. <laughs> Cause like, oh my God, they're not going to be able to get anybody out for like another day or two, probably. So you just put like a do not use this sign on it? Yeah, an out of order sign on the third floor, second floor, and first floor. Wow. Uh, and then like the door wasn't closing, so the elevator's just stuck on the second floor for now. <laughs> oh my god, I'd be so scared to use that after. Yeah, so I just like left the cart in front of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and like we had to call the coordinator, and like I let security know. And I was just like. <laughs> and the security guy's like, we got people up here with like, cause we have a lot of homeless people. So this guy has like a cart full of shit and it's like on wheels. And he's like, I don't know how this guy's going to get out of here. It's like, I don't either, but I guess he'll figure it out. Cause he's got to go before we close. Oh my God. <laughs> so they just like take all of their shit with them inside the library. Yeah. I don't know. That seems a little odd to me. Yeah. But well, they don't have anywhere else to put it. Yeah, I guess they would have to, like, make sure nobody takes yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, I was so, like, park it outside the library and be like, BRB. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway. That's that's some things. I can't believe that happened to you. That's so crazy. <laughs> it was wild. I've never been trapped in an elevator, but it's, it's, it's a for sure nightmare of mine. Yeah. Just, like, the idea of any technology, like, spazzing out on me. Like, yeah. I was talking about, like roller coasters i don't trust them mm-hmm. it's not the heights it's not the force it's mm-hmm. the fact that like it's a man-made machine yeah. and i just i'm not smart enough to build a roller coaster so like why should anybody else be you know <laughs> like i get there's engineers who do it i'm just like i don't have a lot of faith in them i am always afraid if i go on a roller coaster and it has like an upside down part that i will get stuck on the upside down part literally like yes and like i don't know i'm slippery i'll slip out yeah i'm going down if anybody's on on there it's gonna it's unlucky it's gonna be me that's the thing is like i'm not slippery but i'm heavy (laughs) (laughs) so like we both be slipping out (laughs) different ways (laughs) like my ass will get stuck in the seat for sure but like those bars they're not coming down far enough to keep me in there (laughs) we're going we're going out it's food. It's food time. Okay, BRB. All right, BRB. All right, back. We back again. We had some food. It was good. It was the dish. My fingers still kind of smell like brisket, even though I used fork. You don't like your brisket fingers? I mean, it's, I'm, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. <laughs> I'm just saying it's unexpected because I used unexpected. a fork. <laughs> How much the brisket wafts onto your fingers? It's yeah, very it's unexpected. Hmm. Brisket fingies. Just sniff deep. Bringies? Some bringies? <laughs> Got some briskers? <laughs> briskers. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. What is silly goofing over here? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any more tea? Any more library tea? I mean, there was a guy with a Bowie knife outside today. That was fucking what? He <laughs> was apparently cutting open an orange, like on, a serrated, like yeah. like a swashbuckling knife, a big, big knife, like this big. Yeah, just wow. All right, and I guess he was doing it like on the trash can that's in front of the door, like because we have a trash can not too far from the front door. Yeah, it was like freaking people out. I mean, I would be a little concerned if somebody's yeah, just right? fucking having a Bowie knife eating a fruit. Like, yeah, it's. Yeah. So, like, security guy, David, he went out and he's like, okay, you can't do this right here. Like, <laughs> you gotta go somewhere else. Like, can you not have a Bowie knife yeah. in front of a public yeah. municipal works building? Yeah. Okay, thanks. Bye. Yeah. The guy's like, oh, I can do all kinds of stuff with this. I can open cans. You want to see? He's like, I don't want to see. I just want you to move somewhere else. Don't want you to have that. Like, <laughs> can you open cans like a normal person instead of with a Bowie knife? <laughs> Please? Only if they're not Pop-Tops. Like, <laughs> and a lot of people are quitting at the library. Why? Because this system is a mess. Really? Yeah. Admin is very out of touch. 
things going on just organizationally at the library. Like people yeah. are quitting. Yeah. It's tis the season, you know, yeah. everybody quits in December. Yeah. They so. get ready for the holidays and then they go find a new job in January. <laughs> yeah. We're getting, we're, I'm like worried about layoffs at my work. Oh really? We'll see. Yeah. Cause it's two years post merger. Oh, true. So it's writing that time. is on the wall. Time to weed out the. Yeah. And I'm middle management technically. So mm. you know what happens to middle management? They always get the chippity chop first mm. and then they go to the peons because they mm. want to make sure they, they make a good show of eliminating people from the top, even mm. though I don't run a team or anything. So. Right. I feel like you do a good job and they shouldn't do that to you. I also feel like I do a good job, but at the end of the day, I'm a number on a paper because yeah. I work for corporate America. Right. There's upsides. They pay me, they but do. uh downside is they also uh, don't give a shit about me yeah. at all. So yeah. we'll see. Yeah. I feel like the city doesn't give a shit about the libraries either, which is why our AC is broken on half of the first floor. And the elevators don't work. And, the, yeah. <laughs> and you get trapped in them yeah. for hours and hours at a time. <laughs> I'm having to survive on the urine from the no, day before. <laughs> having to sleep on top of a book cart. God. I wouldn't fit. I'm too Jocelyn, fat. I can't believe you went through that. <laughs> Are you okay? Excuse me. <laughs> She's I'm, fine, folks. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay. She made it through. Physically, I'm okay. Mentally, just scarred. Just. <laughs> I would be too. 100%. Oh, boy. Did you have anything else you wanted to share before we get into it? I do have something I want to share. Yeah? I have a boyfriend. Oh! <laughs> that was great. It was a beautiful note. Yes. And he will be named because we're our official. Hell so yeah. we'll name him from the gate. His name is Ryan. Hot diggity dog. And he's a wonderful boy. So. Yes. Your girl found a good one, hopefully. Yeah. I won't be coming back here, I don't think. I don't think I'll be coming back here <laughs> next month and <laughs> spilling some more tea on that. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. <laughs> but, you know, it has happened before. That's true. And yeah. so I'm not ruling anything out. Yeah. True, true, true. But. Keep your. Uh, yeah. If you hear tacit silent about this man, just know I'm blissfully happy. Blissfully happy. Blissfully happy. And maybe we can have him on the podcast. Oh my um, God. Because, like, like, your boyfriend, he's yeah. a lesbian. Yeah. And we need to have all lesbian men on the pod. We do. Lots of lesbian men. Yeah. <laughs> Unlike your man, he's a super lesbian, though, so... A super lesbian. Yes, my yeah. boyfriend is a U-Haul lesbian. He's a U-Haul lesbian. The other lesbian. Ryan's a super lesbian. <laughs> You heard you heard me make that joke at my birthday yeah, dinner, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And like yeah. he immediately agreed. Yeah. And I was like, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, what kind of Subaru does he drive? <laughs> <laughs> I what, are the, what types of Subaru? An Outland? I don't know. <laughs> There's an Outback. Um, I have immediately forgotten the name of every Subaru ever besides. The I know. Um, Cross Trek. Oh yeah, true. I think he drives a Cross Trek. Oh okay. No, he actually drives a GMC truck, which is the funniest Ew, thing. What? Yeah, a truck. It's a well, it's an SUV. Oh, okay. I yeah, say. it's like a big square chunky car that's like black. Oh. And I'm like, this this does not work with your personality. Like, <laughs> this is not the car I would picture you that's driving up not in. The vibe, honey. No. Mm-mm. Interesting. Yeah, Mike drives a Corolla, so right. <laughs> Perfect car. <laughs> He's like he's it's got a lot of blind spots actually. The Corolla? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I fucking hate it. I mean my both my brothers have totaled a Corolla each. So like maybe there's somebody who said about that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. That was the first car Kyle totaled in Damn. in his lifetime. He would go on to total two more. Wow. Yes. My brother also crashed my mom's Corolla. <gasps> So. Oh my god, are we discovering a statistic live on the podcast? <laughs> Men crash Corollas. We're both statisticians now, and we need to submit this study in for whatever national service does Sample the evaluation. Sample size of three men. Sample size of three males <laughs> crashing Corollas. Possible blind spots? Question mark? I don't know, we need more data. How many men have crashed Corollas? <laughs> 
All right, everybody write in <laughs> if you know someone who knows someone who crashed a Corolla. We need an, any and every possible scenario of Toyota, Toyota Corollas. Every Corolla wreck that yeah. you know of personally. We're going to do some research on this. <laughs> and don't tell Toyota because, you know. We want to keep it a surprise. Well, also, we don't want them coming after us in, in the night. You know. Oh, you think they'd come in the night? I think they'd come guns blazing during the day. Oh, they'd probably make us buy a Corolla just to crash it. <laughs> <laughs> we just both die in Corolla oh, accidents. No. They just T-bone us. Oh, like shit. it's mis- it's a mystery, guys. How we died and why we died. <laughs> it's a great great conspiracy. <laughs> oh my god, so stupid. Anyway, mm. that's my that's my epic update of tea. Yes, the tea is hot and spicy. The tea be piping. I'm also turning Ooh. 29 in a few oh, days, guys. That's right. By the time this comes out, you and I will both be 29. Exactly. Finally, wow. like, wowee! Damn, you know, Holy shit. finally caught up with the Jocelyn. <laughs> Yeah, I just had my half birthday the other day. No big deal. No big, no big deal. She no just had her deal. half birthday, guys. Why didn't you send her gifts? <laughs> like, clearly, um, this relationship isn't working. <laughs> so, I uh, <laughs> better get on that. Yeah. We do so much for you and we receive no <laughs> gifts. Okay? I mean, like, the nice messages you send me are great gifts. Everybody tell Jocelyn a happy half birthday. Oh, that'd be so sweet. Yeah. Also, just message me actual happy birthday. Yeah. So. Happy birthday to Nisa. Happy half birthday to Jocelyn. <laughs> Jocelyn needs to share my birthday. Yeah. Like, sh- I yeah. can't let Nisa have it all for yeah. herself. I'm sorry. I'm- it would be my birthday month, but instead it's Jocelyn's half birthday. So <laughs> it's you know. also like Christmas and shit. <laughs> hey, we don't talk about that, okay? Yeah. I don't share my birthday with nobody. Oh. Today, the, all these trees, these trees for me. These trees, they are these, for Nisa. All these trees, so many trees. All these lights. presents, oh, so many presents for Nisa. Every time I go to someone's house and they have a tree set up and they got yeah. presents underneath, I'm like, all you shouldn't have, like, because <laughs> that's all for me, for moi, <laughs> for me, for me, for me. It's for Nisa. It's for me. Yes. So I, I mean, I guess do your parents have a tree set up. Uh, probably. I haven't been over there. I know my mom put up the lights the other night. She sent me a pic. Well, tell your mom I said thank you for celebrating my birthday. I will. <laughs> She'll be like, okay. <laughs> like, oh, that is pretty. Yeah. Oh my god, I love it. Yeah. She took it with her fancy iPhone. She knew just what I would like. Yeah. <laughs> She's very good at decorating. She's your mom tasteful. got a new fancy iPhone? What is this? She's had, Well, she got it... Um, a couple months ago, because the iPhone 7 that used to be mine, that was hers, kind of was, like, taking a shit. Mm, well, about that so, time. Yeah, we got her the... <clears throat> we're now on, like, the 15 or something, right? Yeah, I think we got her the 13. So it's got them good, good cameras. So freaking nice, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm like, damn, I'm kind of jelly, but, like, also I drop my phone a lot, so... I mean, cases. I do have a case on mine. Uh, yes, visual sighting confirmed. Case is on the phone. Case and pop sop it. Pop sop it. Beautiful. Um, I also just have, like, really greasy, like, skin. So, like, I feel like... Same. My cameras all get janked up. They, they literally get glumpy. Yeah. You know they have, like, screen stuff. Yeah. Well, I made sure I put, like, a little screen protector thingy on my mom's cameras so that way they wouldn't get all janked up. But, like... That's a good idea. Mine does not... <laughs> Mine does not have a protector on the back camera. Rookie. Rookie mistake. I don't Speaking of phones, my notes are on my phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For my artist. Good segue. <laughs> wow. That was a great segue, I have to say. <laughs> yeah, it's like one of those things with two wheels. Boom. So, you guys, today I want to talk about my favorite contestant from sci-fi's face off (laughs) (laughs) i'm so excited for this one oh yeah i know nothing about this so okay her name is dina simarusti she's done special effects makeup cake decoration and she currently owns a bakery in chicago those are like the two shows right there's like a cake one and then there's like the sfx one 
She, I don't think she was ever on a cake show specifically. It's just a coincidence that she knows both. Yeah. So I should actually read from my notes because I explained this in my notes. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Jumping ahead. No, you're good. I always do. I Yeah, me too. So, Dina Simarusti first landed on my radar when I was in college. <laughs> long, long time fan. Yeah. Fan girl in <laughs> over here. Pretty much. So, like, I would come home from class and I literally wanted to die because having an art major is really hard. As you well know. I know that pain. Yeah, I know. I was there. Yeah. So, um, I would watch sci-fi's reality competition show face off <laughs> when i would come home from class <laughs> like can't believe it so good it i've never seen it it was like my comfort show you know how a lot of times white girls are like oh my god the show about a serial killer it's my comfort show that's me yeah i know that's you <laughs> you've just described me perfectly i didn't know you knew me so well <laughs> my comfort show was special effects makeup <laughs> So, you know. Just girly things. Yeah. <laughs> like, really scary monsters come to life? What? Gotta have it. Yeah. So, she actually won season seven. Wow. Of Face Off, yeah. She was one of my favorite contestants, like, from the jump. She was, like, one of those people that wasn't, like... I'm so cool, I'm going to win. You know how sometimes they have those on reality competition shows. Oh, like she didn't have an attitude the whole time? Yeah, like she was very like understated. She's like, I don't know if I can do this. She's like, I guess. Yeah. Like, I'm going to try my best. And like, if it works, great. If it doesn't, at least I tried, you know? Like that was kind of her attitude. And I was just like... We love a little bit of humility. Yeah, I was like, oh my God, you're so sweet. I love you, bitch. Aww. <laughs> But, I mean, like, she was just so sweet. Before coming on the show, she had been a cake decorator. So that was a lot of time she was like, yeah, I don't have a ton of experience doing silicone molds like these people that have been doing it since, like, whenever. She's like, I went to school for cake decorating. Yeah. She's like, it's a similar concept, but it's, like, totally different. Right. So, like, I probably watched that season, like, three different times. Wow. <laughs> Cause like hardcore I, fan. <laughs> well, cause like I'd watch it when it would air, and then I would like rewatch it on demand, and then I'd watch it again like before the new episode came out. Oh my fucking god! <laughs> I just <laughs> I had a, a lot of problems uh, in college, so <laughs> you know that's to put it mildly. I mean. <laughs> And Sounds I mean, like a good show. It was. Like, I'd watch it with my parents when the new episodes were on. Mm -hmm. So they only watched it, like, once. But I watched it more than that. Right. I was pretty upset when the show got canceled in 2018, which feels like it was, like, a million years ago. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, well, it was oh, almost five years ago. I know. That's so fucking crazy <laughs> that, like, 2018 was almost five years ago. I'm yeah. sorry. No, it's wild. Because I was like, oh, that's only, like, two years ago. I'm like, oh, shit. No, it's not. We met in 2018. Yeah. Have we been friends for five fucking years at yeah. this point? It's, isn't that psychotic? That's totally psychotic. <laughs> that's unhinged. We, like, met in, what, February of 2018? Uh, probably, yeah. Yeah, because that's when I started at yeah. the Frog of Biggs. Yeah. Back so when, wild. Back when me and James were together. Yep. Ew. Yeah, I know. Gross. Yeah. Not a fan. Mm, yeah. Let me get another drink. Um. <laughs> <laughs> For this conversation, I'm gonna need another one. Oh, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't put one. I didn't like make one cold. Oh. You want me to throw one in the freezer? Sure. Okay. Cool. Pause. So yeah. Okay. Anyways, canceled in 2018. Super sad about it when it happened because I was just like, I was so looking forward to like a new season. I know. I was like, oh, I have no closure. Great. No closure. Thank you. Because, <laughs> like, I think they announced it, like, over Twitter, like, we didn't get renewed. And I was just like. <laughs> Ugly sob. Yeah. Well, because, you know, like, the way that they do, like, reality TV competition stuff is, like, you feel like you know these people when you're watching it, even though you really don't. 
But, like, you get enough about, like, oh, I, like, I did this in college, and, like, this, that, and the other, and my favorite color's purple. And it's like, oh, we're friends. And it's like, no, you're not. You form parasocial bonds <laughs> right, with these people. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yep, I get that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm a sucker for parasocial bonds. I you forgot really what the are. word was, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you knew what I was talking Don't about. Don't go down these rabbit holes, these parasocial <laughs> relationships. But, and also, like, the later seasons, there was a lot more camaraderie among the contestants. Because, like, the first season, like, this one guy was like, oh, I'm better than everybody else. I'm going to, like, fuck everybody up. This, that, and the other. And it's like, I don't care. Like, I don't want to see you being mean. Sometimes they, like, they get prompted to do those things by the producers, like, to stir up some fucking drama. Yeah, apparently this guy didn't. He was just an asshole. (laughs) Well... Fuck that guy. Yeah. So he obviously did not win. Good. But yeah. So I really enjoyed like that aspect of it and like seeing cool makeup and prosthetic and. Mm -hmm. So Dina was 28 when she competed on Face Off. So she's your age when she was competing. Not for very much longer. (laughs) Dina's a child compared to me. (laughs) Well, she's not 28 anymore. Oh. She's like like 36 or 37. Damn it, Dina. <laughs> Thought we had something together. <laughs> You've never even seen Dina. I haven't even shown you a picture of her yet. No, I want to see her. Look at her. That's oh my her god, she's bakery. the sweetest little thing. Yeah, she's so cute. She's so cute. She's so cute. She has like a cute little button nose and like... I feel like I've seen her somewhere. So maybe I've she seen... She looks... Honestly, she looks kind of like um Heather, who I repost or not repost but like i share a lot of stuff of hers Mm. on instagram they look similar (laughs) so if any of you know who um heather is that's who dina looks like um heather yeah i think it's um with four m's um 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 yeah um heather um (laughs) (laughs) make sure we got that right but i don't actually know when dina's birthday is because i'm not trying to get up on her personal business like that because she's still alive and this is that really, like, traditional, like, art history stuff. Right. Because she's, like, working. Yeah, like, she's still doing her thing. Yeah. So what, so she won? She won season seven okay. of Face Off, which I thought I had which year that was in here, but apparently I am bad at taking notes. It was before 2018, that's <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yes. And she's 36, so. Uh, yes. She was 28 when she competed? I, yeah. She was, I think she's 36 or 37 now. So let's do math. So that was like nine years ago. Yeah. No, I'm bad at math. That was no. eight years ago. Yeah. Eight, eight or nine years ago. So what? 2014? Yeah. That sounds right. I'm not. I'm yeah. Totally 20, 2014 or 2013. Excuse me, ma'am. Thank you. Nathalie wants to be on the podcast she, in the worst way. Yeah, man. We just had Sylvia on me and Bunny's podcast. Oh, my God. Love it. Have you listened to it? It's a train wreck. I have not listened to it. (laughs) Um, I will. Plug for my other pod with my roommate. It's called I Love Me with Bunny and Judy. Aw. That's so cute. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We have two episodes up because that's all we've recorded. Hey, that's a lot. (laughs) We know it's a lot because we've done 30-some-odd at this point. Yes. Yes, and yes. this year was seriously slacking. This year, listen, y'all. It's about to get worse because I have a boyfriend. and Getting I'm just a boyfriend been... has really fucked up my entire social schedule. Mm-hmm. Like, I cried Same. about it last night because I was just like, we have so much going on. And some of these things I have accidentally scheduled to overlap with things that I told you I was going to do with you. And now that means I can't do that with you. <laughs> oh, my God. Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Because, like, his bandmate won uh, his birthday party is supposed to be on the 17th. And then, like, I told Kate that I didn't have plans for the 17th. So we were going to do something for her birthday. And then, like, Adam's trying to figure out when we're going to do stuff because he and Kate have birthdays on the 9th. My gosh. And Sierra's got a Christmas party on the 10th, which is this Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh That's this Friday and Saturday. Yeah, yeah, right? I'm fucked up on where I'm even at in the year. Oh, my gosh. And uh, (laughs) Mike's supposed to be going to a concert on Saturday. We're supposed to be doing stuff with his kids on Friday. And I'm just like, oh, my God. And then Adam 
we're thinking about doing something on the 18th. Mike's playing a show on the 18th. I'm just like, ah, can't keep up with everything. Yeah, you got to get like a planner. I Yeah, I need to, I got to figure something else out because apparently putting things in my phone calendar is only half working. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you guys have to, or you could share a calendar. They have those, you know. He does not keep a calendar in his phone. He's a therapist. He should be doing that. He does not. Oh, my gosh. That's different. That's work stuff. <laughs> so different. It is, because he doesn't... It's, like, all through, like, a portal thing. Right. So he's not managing it himself. He's just like, oh, I have an opening here. You can have that one. Basically. Right, right, right. Anyway. Back to Dina. 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 Um, but, yeah, so I wanted to talk about her because I think it's important to recognize artists that are outside of, like, what we normally talk about. Yeah, yeah. So. I'm so down for, like, somebody who's still kicking and still doing art. Yeah. On Dina's website, it says that she's been creating cakes, pastries, and more professionally since 2006. Following her time at Harper College's pastry school, she worked as a decorator at Cookies by Design. Okay. Then got into cake decorating at Girache, I hope I'm saying that right, bakery in Arlington Heights. For another nine years after that, she was a specialty and 3D cake decorator at Alliance Bakery in Wicker Park. So she decorated a lot of fucking cakes. Fucking shit. <laughs> like... After she took some special effects classes led by Anthony Kozar, who was face-off season four winner and is an Emmy-nominated prosthetic designer, just for something different to do. She was like, oh, I should do that. That sounds fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, she got talked into trying out for the show, noting that she felt like she needed a change at the time and just went for it. After she won season seven on Face Off, she was actually hired on as a special effects artist for Chicago Med by Cirque Effects Studio. And in addition to her effects makeup and prosthetic work on the show, she made a human cake, like a torso and a head, to celebrate the network television show's 100th episode. Wow. So I'm going to show you that picture. Holy shit. That's a cake. That's a fucking cake. That's a cake. That is a man. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. In a 2020 interview with Real Chicago, Simarusti broke down the her process. Good job, me. <laughs> Miswriting my own notes. <laughs> broke down her process for the viral corpse cake that took a whopping five days to make. She says, I took one of the half bodies we used on the show home and used it as a reference to get the proportions and the anatomy correct. I started with a foam head. I carved foam into the shape of a head. Then I used a mixture called modeling chocolate. It's like Tootsie Roll made out of corn syrup and chocolate that feels like clay. Combine that with rollable icing dough called fondant. For the body, the next step was making the arms, which were shaped out of Rice Krispie treats. Which I thought was very fun. Oh, yeah. They they always (laughs) do that when they like, the Great British Baking Show has taught me so many things. Yeah. I know they did that um, with like... On Nailed It. Yeah, they, I mean, and also, is it cake? Oh, I've never seen that. <laughs> you should watch that, because you would love it. I mean, I've seen the, like, it was cake the whole time. That kind of, like, meme format, but, like. Yeah, like, that was where it came from. Whereas, like, see. that show, is it cake? Because, like, oh. the whole t- the whole premise is that, like, they make things super realistic in their category. They have, yeah. like, maybe the categories, like, beach equipment or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so they're making, like. You know, a sand pail, and so, like, the person who's a guest has to choose, like, they they flip the thing around, and yeah. then, like, they're like, okay, out of these, like, six pails, which mm-hmm. one is cake? Oh. And so then if they choose the wrong one, they try to cut it, and of course, like, it's not, or it is, Ew. like, so is it cake? Interesting. And they make some crazy shit, too, because, yeah. like, there's, like, moments where people are like, there's no way that's cake, and then they yeah. come, and it's like, it's fucking cake. Like, yeah. I mean... Make cake look like anything. So, yeah, Dina do that. Yeah, I know. That's insane. (laughs) She would do great on Is It Cake. Yeah. So, yeah, I was just like, oh, Rice Krispies Trees is so fun. She said, after that, I sculpted modeling chocolate over the arms to get the shape I needed. Then I covered that with the icing. The torso was all cake. So it was five layers of red velvet filled with Italian meringue buttercream. Gross. (laughs) 
I carved that into the shape of the torso. I iced it with buttercream and covered it with fondant. It cuts off at the waist, and we used foam legs under the sheet. I airbrush and paint my cakes using the same techniques I use for painting silicone bodies or masks. Airbrushing and spattering using thinned-down food coloring. Also, the eyebrows are made from corn silk. Corn so, silk. Yeah, wow. Like the, the hair that you pull out of corn. Oh, my God. So there's, like, more of the bod. Oh, it's so creepy. I know. Yeah, it's a dead guy on a gurney, but it's cake. A dead guy cake. Dead man cake. Yes. I've never thought of anything least delicious. Like, <laughs> less delicious. Less appealing? Less appealing. <laughs> I wouldn't want that. Let me just say right now. They, they I wouldn't had, eat that. They had a whole thing. Like, there was so much coverage of this i was shocked i was like oh my god that's tuna because <laughs> i was seeing it like on things that i wouldn't normally see coverage of cake and stuff that's crazy yeah it was I, I mean it's a feat i mean she definitely Hell fucked that fuck. shit up like yeah. she did that shit she did she do it she do be doing that shit so even though she no longer exclusively makes cakes or special effects makeup she does Currently own and operate a thriving bakery in Chicago. Oh, good for her. Yeah. This is called Sugar Moon Bakery. It's the pride and joy of Logan Square. Not really. <laughs> Where is Logan Square? It's in Chicago. I don't oh, know. that's what you said. <laughs> Where the fuck are we going? I don't know. Um, We're going to Chicago. We're going to Chi-Town to go to Dina's house. <laughs> we could go to her bakery. I don't think she'd want us at her house. Dina, invite us over for cake. <laughs> we won't eat dead guy cake, though. I'm just going to... I mean, I won't. Jocelyn might. I don't know. I would. She would. Okay. Well, I, I won't be in the room for that, <laughs> but, like, you guys enjoy. <laughs> her bakery is open Friday through Sunday from 8 a.m. to sold out on Fridays. And 9 a.m. until sold out on Saturdays and Sundays. You can check out the bakery's Instagram at Sugarmoon C-H-I. Sugar, Sugar Moon Chi, I believe. And Dina's personal slash artstagram is at Dinosaur Club. Not dinosaur, dinosaur. Dinosaur. Okay. Yeah. That's the plug. Yeah. I hope she sees this. Dina! <laughs> I'll tag her. <laughs> tag Dina in this. Yeah. And then I have, um, so I have this scary clown that she designed for face off oh that's a scary clown yeah so that's a whole body like thing like that's on a human oh it's a real man under that costume gross or woman or they them whatever a person a person then we have this ghostbusters cake that she made i kind of love that though yeah that's that's pretty cute it's fun we also have she made uh this Really bizarre looking Curious 500 thing. Wow, so, that's awesome. Yeah, so she designed and fabricated that, like top to bottom. That's pretty freaking amazing, not gonna lie. Yeah. It's got a big old eye on it and like a monocle and a bunch of gears. Yeah. And she made a uh, flower fairies cake. Oh my God, I want to see For it. somebody's 121st birthday? Thingy. No. It says, it says happy birthday. There's 100, what? No. <laughs> 121? Absolutely not. Flower fairies. Hang on. Yeah, it's a birthday cake. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. For a business? I, hang on. Let me pull up or the article. Or for a human? Let me pull up the article. Because okay. it's been a minute since I actually did these notes. <laughs> hey, I was doing mine last minute. You got yours done well ahead of time. I, Times are changing. I did get, the, I forgot that I had these done, actually. And I was like, oh, I don't have these done yet. I got to get these done. And then I pulled it up and I was like, oh, this is fucking done. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you love that? Yeah. Okay. So the article from 2017 says, a few months ago, award-winning Chicago-based cake decorator and special effects makeup artist, Dina Simarusti was offered a project unlike any she had done before. She was invited to create a one-of-a-kind cake celebrating the 121st birthday of, oh, the late Cicely Mary Barker author and illustrator of the nearly century-old Flower Fairies book series. Okay, so it's a dead person's birthday. Oh! <laughs> I hate when they fake us out like that. Yeah, but she Celebrating also... Celebrating a dead person's birthday. Yeah, she did, like, this other, like, cornucopia and shit over in the... That is so cute. Like, she made all this tiny, tiny little fairy stuff garden. And, like, assembled it, and it's, like, so cute. So precious. I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, I thought you might I like love that. anything fairies. Yeah. So... And then she's got, oh, yeah, I like this. She made an armadillo cake. 
Wow. And then the little skulls beneath are like kind of Georgia O'Keeffe inspired, like cake skulls. Mm-hmm. I'm like, those are really fun. Yeah, those are nice. Um, she's she, just like an objectively good artist. She is. I love her. That's why I love her so much. Like, look it's at like her these, medium is like icing. Look at these soup cans. Those are cake. That's that's pretty cool. Those are like Andy Warhol inspired. That's why I included that because we talked about him. Yeah. It's simple yet very well done and yes. very well created. And this is a like a nymph, a wood nymph, forest nymph mm-hmm. that she did. That's a person. And then, <laughs> I couldn't tell. <laughs> this is her, her, her sidekick. He's got mushrooms on his head. Oh, mushroom head. Yeah. Oh, he's kind of sexy. Yeah, I know, right? He's kind of hot. It's kind of um, hot. Yeah, hot. Yeah. So she did those on Face Off. Okay. But those were some of my some of my faves. Just just to get a little little some some in her. Mm-hmm. She is just wonderful. What a babe. Thanks. Well, I'm going to go follow her on Instagram. Yes, please do. Dinosaur, you said, right? Yeah, Dinosaur Club. Dinosaur Club. Okay. Well, it was beautiful. Thank, Thank you for bringing Dinosaur into my life. Oh, yeah. Thanks for listening. We stand. We, we stand you, Dina. <laughs> we stand with Dan. All right. I'm going to talk about... Yes. Auguste Rodin. Rodin. Yes. Rodin? Rodin. Rodin? I think. Yeah. That's who he is now. <laughs> Going forward, henceforth, shall be named Rodin. Old-ass fucking artist guy. Yeah. Like, we all know him. Yeah. And uh, let's talk about him. Let's talk about this man. Let's talk about this man and get this fucking old white fart out of the way. <laughs> um, it's just what he is. Born November 12th in 1840 in Paris, this plain white dude is considered the founder of modern sculpture. Don't know why. <laughs> But he is known for all of the crazy works that we study about in school, like The Thinker, The Kiss. Oh, The Stinker. The the Stinker, (laughs) The Gates of Hell. Like, there's a bunch of shit that he did. Is he the one that did The Dancer Girl? Or is it somebody else? Mm, He did do one that was, like, dancing-themed. I'm not sure if it was The Dancer Girl or not. I have to look it up. Yeah, look it up for us. Probably. A lot of bronze sculptures is what he was focused on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He was born to a working class family and due to the lack of funds, he was largely self-educated, although he showed promise in the arts in the time that he was 10. So between 14 to 17, he attended the Petite Ecole, a school specializing in art and mathematics where he studied drawing and painting. And it was kind of a preparatory school for the Ecole Debut and Art, which is like the number one arts college art school like at the time mm. so wrapping up his education at the petite ecole he submitted works to the actual ecole but he failed to get in multiple Ooh. times and it, it was even worse because at the time the barrier to entry was extremely low so like they were just flat out rejecting him <laughs> that sucks. like so yeah he took that <laughs> real personally and because he had to earn money he went straight into the work, workforce as a craftsman and ornamenter and was stuck in this living for the next 20 years. Ew. Yeah. So literally, like, not getting into the Ecole de Boo, like, fucked him over so yeah, hard. That sucks. And his lack of an education would eat away at him even while he pursued traditional techniques in bronze, clay, marble, and plaster, like, on the side. So he worked as, like, a at the time, basically, it was, like, a hired hand to help actual artists create mm-hmm. uh, little like flourishes and stuff on some of their their things so they had to do like a big mural or something like on the outside of it they might have a frame of like different motifs and different like reliefs and stuff on it yeah so that's essentially what he was doing okay so i'm dumb i was thinking of diga diga <laughs> not the same guy no <laughs> nope no So, in his personal life, he faced long bouts of grief, and his sister died in 1862 from peritonitis, which is inflammation of the abdomen. And Rodin was, like, deeply guilty about this because he believed that it was his fault for setting her up with a man who ended up being unfaithful to her. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So he got Like a bacterial infection caused it, he think. 
<clears throat> like I'm, I don't know if they knew at the time. I mean, this is like right, yeah. the mid 1800s. They kind of had like more medical research at the time. So I think they knew at that point you could give people right. diseases by sleeping around. Yeah. Uh, for a time, he turned to the church, um, which was the same place that had taken care of his sister towards the end of her life. And he joined the Catholic Order of Congregation of the Blessed Sacrament. Oh, the Blessed Sacrament. <laughs> Peter Julian Emard was the head of the congregation at the time. He's later canonized as a saint. Um, and he was the one who recognized that Rodan was like, not supposed to really be in the church and he was like oh but you're talented. you should just be a sculptor like you don't belong here buddy get the fuck out <laughs> yeah he went back into normal life after a little while and he returned to uh sculpture and taking on work as a decorator while he was also trying to do classes on the side so he worked with anton louis barn who was an animal sculptor this in particular, he said, had like an impact on why he was so good at musculature, like later on um, in his career. It was because he worked underneath like the animal guy. Interesting. Yeah. In 1864, he found a boothang. Oh. Her name was Rose Barat. Okay, Rose, pop off. And she was a seamstress. And then she she would become his like main companion for the rain- remainder of his life. But trust me, this boy's love life is fucking messy. He didn't put a ring on it. Oh. Oh, just wait. <laughs> just you fucking wait. Oh, shit. They had a son together in 1866. And then that year, Rodon entered the studio of Albert Ernest Carrier Belusi, who at the time was a recognized French sculptor. And this is where he worked for a great majority of his time. So he worked there until uh, 1870. So they had the need for decorators although like over time that job was slowly becoming less and less of a a main source of income for people right. and he was struggling to keep up carrier Belus like went to brussels and was working on a project for the new york stock exchange he basically called rodan over and was like you come to brussels and come help me with this project and rodan was like sure he was supposed to be there for like a short period of time and he ended up staying there for six fucking years oops in brussels oops during which he left his entire family back in Paris. Oh, dear. He took Rose with him, like his girly girl, and left behind his son and like his fucking old ass parents. What? So how old is his son? Uh, so I, when he left the six years, came back, his son was 11. So his son was only four years old. Damn, when he left. that sucks ass. Or five years old, yeah. During the time in Brussels, though, he honed his craft and was like working mm-hmm. on the side but all the works from that time, he couldn't afford to cast them. So they mm-hmm. kind of just like sat around in his workshop <laughs> because he didn't have enough money to actually like, cast it in bronze. <laughs> yeah. Sheesh. And then his relationship with his boss man like was beginning to erode. Mm-hmm. Um, so he started taking odd jobs in Brussels, eventually saving up enough money to take a trip to Italy. And in 1975, he went and viewed the works of Michelangelo and Donatello. And he was quoted as saying after he saw Michelangelo that it is Michelangelo who has freed me from academic sculpture. So he kind of got away. He wasn't ever formally educated. So like, what the fuck does he know about academic sculpture? Really? He lit a fire under his ass. But like, yeah. So when he returned uh, from the trip, he created one of his now more famous works, which is called the age of bronze. Um, And it would later draw criticism from people because it was life size. And they were thinking that he cast it from a living model. Oh. Which I don't know what that means. I don't know if it means like so, he just like poured plaster over somebody and then like yeah, like you. So part of like what you do with special effects makeup is you make a plaster cast first, right? Of people's faces, face, body, whatever. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, if he made a plaster cast of a fucking person first instead of actually sculpting it, right. that would be like a big like a no. Yeah, that's what they were accusing him of. Yeah, because it was life size. Yeah. So then later on, he would do like tiny and big pieces mm-hmm. basically to just be like fuck you i yeah. know how to sculpt right <laughs> so that was like his first big like Woo, i'm an i'm an artist now they were so radon and rose returned to paris in, in 19 in 1877 um and together they shacked up in a small studio on the left bank and his personal life was like completely fucked up so like his mother was dead his father was blind and senile and was being cared for by his sister-in-law who was also taking care of his now 11 year old son. So 
just a mess. And like, there was a lot of rumors that his son was developmentally delayed. They did move back in. So like the father and his kid moved Mm -hmm. back in with them and he left all of the care to his partner. So Rose was the one who took care of them because he basically wanted nothing to fucking do with his home life. Like as soon as he got back in Paris, he just like fucking dipped out like the piece of shit that he is. Fuck that shit on that. And like he was known for cavorting about town and like just having all of these like lovers. Like that was like what he was known for. And he was just like with all of these female companions like all the time. From what I read, basically he was never without another woman around him at like all times. Even in 1877, like wow. the early part of his career. Wow. Yeah. And he was also dealing with the controversy surrounding the Age of Bronze stuff. So he was trying to like scramble and make a name for himself despite the, the bad press. He started earning money by collaborating with other sculptors on public works such as memorials. He was submitting works to competitions to try and promote himself, although his attempts to do this were pretty much unsuccessful. On his own, he worked on St. John the Baptist preaching, which would later become another well-known work. Mm-hmm. And eventually in 1880, his old boss, Carrier Belouse, hit him up and was like, hey, I'm now the head of this Severs National Porcelain Factory, and I want you to be a designer. And he like reached out as a gesture of reconciliation for the shit that happened to them in mm-hmm. Brussels, because they had a falling out and he was like man you got a big beard let's make up (laughs) dude i like your beard like (laughs) come work for me so rodana accepted and he became actually really pivotal to the factory's success and a lot of the works from the severs uh factory were became very very well known because of his designs so due to the fact that he was doing really well at this he was starting to be invited to the paris salons which we've heard about before yes those are like the fancy hoi polloi like art like groups that, mm-hmm. that are going on like basically if you can't get in the paris salons you ain't shit you ain't shit you ain't fucking shit, ain't bro. shit. as this like that was basically his like okay you're cool now mm-hmm. come join the cool kids club they brought him in and although his personality was noted to be this like gigantic like big egregious like grandiose person Mm -hmm. in the early days of those factories like salons like apparently he was pretty shy as a boy yeah he didn't have the wherewithal to be like yeah i'm top dog apparently not well i mean i i I don't think he had anything to back it up yeah (laughs) so through uh the social connections he was put in touch with edmund turquette which is the undersecretary of the ministry of fine arts Mm. for paris uh for france Rather, and uh, through him, he won a commission to create a portal for a museum that they were planning for the decorative arts. This was the beginning of the never finished but very famous work, The Gates of Hell. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Um, which was meant for this museum, but it was never finished. But a lot of the ideas for the, the portal became the famous works that we know him for. Like, So The Thinker and The Kiss were both works that he was going to include in this portal. Interesting. Yeah. With this commission, he was granted a free studio where he was also finally able to just like dive deep and be as creative as he wanted to be. And so he quit working at the factory, mm-hmm. the porcelain factory, and was just like 100% focused on doing sculpture. So he's he, at this time, he's like kind of making it a yeah. little bit. Yeah. 1883, he was invited to stand in for a sculpture course for Albert, Alfred Butcher. And this is where he met 18-year-old Camilla Claudel. Oh, Scandalous. Scandal. So the two had a passionate affair, which is noted to have greatly influenced him artistically. She herself was extremely talented. She actually did a bust of Rodin and it like was really well touted, like in the Paris salons. Like, yeah. like she was a well-known name and be- an up and coming star, basically. Mm. Nowadays, people are finding that a lot of his success, like this is like at the meat of his career. Yeah. It's probably her. No. Because he was so prolific, they're actually wondering if, like, it had to have been her who was, like, helping him so much. Yeah. So she was known to help him with his commissions. Like, that was, like, a common occurrence that she was with him, helping him with stuff. The, her style was uh, very, like, new age. And mm-hmm. so right after he met her, 
he started to get a very specific type of style. So people think there is a definite, like, nod to the fact that she Mm -hmm. was the one really behind the scenes Mm. um, in some of his most famous works. But can we prove it? No, because women get lost to history. Yes, and also they're dead. Particularly in her case. So it was really fucked up. So at a certain point, he was living a double life between uh, Rose, who was obviously at home taking care of his fucking father and taking care of his mentally disabled kid. Mm-hmm. And then he had a double life with Cladell. So mm-hmm. he was, he had an atelier that they rented together and he would like go stay with her most of the time sometimes. And so she was like, make a choice. Like they both were, they were like, make a fucking choice. Like yeah, pick who, one. who are you going to be with? And he would not let Rose go and was like, I'm staying with Rose. And Interesting. so, yeah, and he was even quoted as like being regretful to her in a letter. I think of how much you must have loved me to put up with my caprices. I remain in all tenderness, your Rodan. Cladell and Rodan ended their affair in 1898 after 15 years together. She. After this, she accused Rodan of stealing some of her artworks. Just some. Um, <laughs> and then. Hmm, she was accused of having a mental breakdown. Like, so oh. she's, she's at the point of the finger to him. She had a mental breakdown and then she was confined to a mental health institution. Oh, how convenient. By her family. How convenient for um, him. Yeah. And do we know if that was like influenced by him or if he had something to do with it? Like, probably. so she literally never got out of this mental health institution. She was there for 30 years until her death. <sighs> That's yeah. And there was a point where her family, like, fought for her release, like, saying, she's completely sane, just let her go. Yeah. And she, they never let her out. Boo! Yeah. How fucking nuts is that? I hate that. Crazy. Um. Meanwhile, Rodan is getting more successful. Jeez. So, in 1889, he was asked for a monument, this time uh, for Victor Hugo, which he he's done a, a bunch of these monuments, like, involved with a lot of public works. Like, that's, yeah. like, it would right. be a group of artists who would kind of, like, come and conquer it or whatever. Mm-hmm. But he was the one in charge of it this time, so it was, like, nice. But every time he did one of these things, it was always met with some controversy. So in uh, 1909, the Times was, like, there is some show of reason in the complaint that Rodin's conceptions are sometimes unsuited to his medium and that in such cases they overstrain his vast technical powers. So essentially saying that, like... That's a long way to go to say he's got big ideas. Right, like, they're kind of saying, like, he's... I know where he's going for it. I'm not sure he's 100% pulling it off. This was for the monument for Victor, artist Victor Hugo that they were memorializing him with. Plaster stuff was completed in 1897 and presented, but it actually wasn't cast in bronze until the 1960s. Oh. Yeah. Pretty crazy. What the fuck? Yeah. They held on to it. But this type of criticism was a re- recurring theme with his works. Um, although, despite that, his popularity like continued to increase. Mm-hmm. So he also did another monument for French novelist Henri de Balzac. Oh yes, the Balzac, the Balzac guy. <laughs> and it was exhibited in nineteen in eighteen ninety eight, and it, re- it received negative feedback. But he kept going through it, like just. Most of the time, his criticism was coming from also, like, the sponsors of mm-hmm. the people who were, like, part of the board commissioning mm-hmm. these public works. And so they're like, oh, man, it's not traditional enough. You know, what are we going to do? Then why would you commission him? <laughs> it, like, because he was popular at the time. And, like, they thought that because he was popular, like, he was going to just do what they said. And he's like, no, fuck you. <laughs> um, That's why you commission an artist, because you like their style. Right. You would think. He was a very prolific artist, like we discussed before. Like, there might be some yeah. indication that it's not always his works that are his busts and stuff. Like, we don't know if it's actually him. But he produced thousands of them over the decades. So, we have a lot of fragments. We have a lot of busts. A lot of them haven't been cast. It's just, like, yeah. we just have his stuff. But he would only be acclaimed for, like, a few of these things. Right. By the 1900s, his reputation was extremely well established, and he gained further exposure from the 1900 World's Fair oh. in Paris. Oh. Gone back to that. And he received portrait commissions from international patrons through this. He did a lot of those. Yeah. Like, a lot of portraits. As, like, a socialite, his popularity was pretty crazy. So he and Rose entertained guests in his country estate in Munden. Uh, guests such as King Edward, 
dancer Isadora Duncan, and harpsichist Wasna Landakowska. That's a mouthful. Yes. But it wasn't all bliss. Him and Rose, as always, mm. were fucking rocky. By 1908, he had moved out to a townhouse. <laughs> and so he was in a townhouse. He left her back in Mondon or whatever. And he began another affair with Duchessy de Chaussal. Oh. Yeah. Left her kind of by herself in the country. It's Why? fucking Rodon. Why like, not? He's not going to... He has to fuck a couple bitches always. Like, it's <laughs> the way he is. So, however, interestingly, they reconciled in the last year of his life. They finally got married in January of 1917. Wow. Only to have Rose die two weeks later on Damn. February 16th, 1917. So... From congestion of the lungs. Pretty Dang. fucking crazy. Yeah. So Jeez. they were together grand total of 53 years, obviously on and off. And they only got married in the last year of their life. How fucking crazy is that? And he was a hoe the whole time. And he was a fucking hoe the entire time. Like, Damn. God, she was so loyal for fucking nothing. She got two weeks of marriage from that <laughs> motherfucker. God. Like, two fucking weeks. That's rough. Dude. Isn't that rough? Like, that's crazy. Shit. So then... He followed her 11 months later. So he waited until like almost a whole last year before he's like, eh. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> he uh, waited. He's like, mm, okay, I gotta go. Um, a bust of the thinker was placed at the head of his grave. Obviously is mm-hmm. one of his most well-known works. Yes. It's talked about a little bit of the like struggling to find sources of, he apparently had this like crazy big personality and was known for being kind of a piece of shit. Towards the end of his life, he got very, you know, kind of a grandiose, like, mm-hmm. about his success. Like, mm-hmm. he was always, like, walking around, like, lauding his talents, like, kind of pretending he was the best. He was involved in all the things at the Paris salons. Like, he became this, like, centralized figure of sculpture mm-hmm. and kind of pretended he was, like, the shit. He's like, I'm a genius. Yes. And there was, like, quotes saying that. When they went to go visit him at his country home, it was like a big juxtaposition of like this quiet, serene, peaceful landscape and this fucking obnoxious loud mouth, like mm. who lives in this house. I feel like unsurprised by that, actually. Right. And later on, uh, his works like fell out of popularity. So they were popular for about 20 years after his death, yeah. like until like the 1930s. And then they like completely dropped out of popularity for a while. Until they had a revival in the 1960s, which is why they recast some of his stuff. Oh. Um, and he was put into the same category as the Impressionists, even though, to be honest with you, I don't really he think he had anything. An impressionist. Yeah, I don't think he had anything to really fucking do with the Impressionists. Okay. Well. I think it was just because his stuff was, like, new agey. Like, he was the only one, like, kind of doing it a little differently. I Wasn't trying to make everything, like, super pretty. Like, he was... Yeah. kind of deconstructing things a little bit. So maybe that's I why. Guess. I guess. Like, mean... impressionist sculpture is also a weird concept. Anywho, so fell yeah. out of popularity, came back with a big old shebang, and now he's somehow considered the father of modern sculpture. Very interesting. I think he's the father of getting some ass, but like... <laughs> and fucking over his long-time <laughs> affairs. But that's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's we're done. Wow. Yay. I feel so learned now. I didn't learn about any of any of his sordid stuff in school. No, we never hear about that shit. Yeah. That's why I like to talk about it. Yeah. Gotta talk about that fucking tea. I mean, his artwork is good. Like, I mean, it's something I feel like if you're an art person or if you've, you know. Yeah. Like, anytime you take art, you learn about Radon. Like, yeah. you learn about the thinker. You learn about... Yeah. Like, some of these sculptures that he did. Yeah. So. Even people that haven't taken art know about the thinker. Exactly. I mean, it's one of those things, if you saw a picture of it, you'd know immediately, like, what that is. Yeah. You've seen it a bunch. But turns out the guy was an actual piece of shit. Big surprise. Big surprise. Any white dude who gets successful, <laughs> generally just a piece of shit. Uh, boo. Boo. Justice for Camille Claudel. Yeah. Maybe you should talk about her next. There's not much information on her other than the fact that she was involved with Rodin. She had great promise as an artist, and then she fucking got put in a mess so she's oh, for 30 fucking damn. years. Okay, she talked about her already. Yeah. <laughs> poor poor girl. That's all I gotta say. That's so sad. Yeah. Are we ever gonna, like, know if that... No. Like, are, we're never gonna know. We'll never know, because we'll everybody's know. dead. Everybody, yep, she's dead. 
dead. Wow. 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 Well, thanks for teaching me something new, Nish. Got you, boo. That's why we, that's why we do this pod. Yeah. So, so I can follow your start. artists on Instagram that are still alive. <laughs> and we can just talk about my dead white dudes. <laughs> you could talk about an alive artist if you wanted. I did last time. Oh, Tony yeah. Teacher is still kicking. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I feel like that was a good one. Mm. I love it. I love a good scam. Yeah. Love scam. Me gusta. Don't love being the victim of a scam, but you know. Neither did fucking Prince Charles, but <laughs> God damn, did he deserve it. <laughs> Yeah. Royals deserve to be scammed, I think. Out of everyone. Yeah. Rich people. Rich people deserve to be scammed. Right. Eat them. Yeah. Yeah. For breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Mm. What you. else we got? That's, I, that's all I got. That's all I got. Thank you guys for joining us once again on the pod. This has been I Minored in Art History. Yeah. Great sound off, Jocelyn. Okay. I don't think we've ever done one. <laughs> I not a good one no not a good one <laughs> what was it this has been i matter in art history yeah it has hasn't it, it has. well look at that bye, bye. <laughs>